Welcome to Strength After Stillbirth. My name is Millie and I want to really, really appreciate, I want to show so much appreciation for everybody who has been listening to the Strength After Stillbirth podcast. We are here to help empower, share, grow a community to talk about pregnancy and infant loss. Um, I have a lovely guest with me today all the way from Texas in the USA and I'm not going to waste time talking about about the show. I'm going to go straight into asking and welcoming Shelby to introduce herself. Welcome Shelby. Thank you. How are you today? I'm doing well. Lovely. So Shelby I've got a few questions but I think I'll just let you go go with it and just share your story if that's okay okay um my story is a little traumatic um i found out i was pregnant in um the end of august 2019 um and at the end of february 2020 um my husband got sick with um a flu-like illness and um Then our daughter got sick as well, and um, I didn't really get sick. I got lightheaded, and we all had a cough. Um, This was, coronavirus was still starting to come into the States. They weren't testing anyone yet, Um, but we believe that's what we have. Um, In April, I was about 32 weeks pregnant. Um, I stopped feeling a lot of movement, um, so I was ru- rushing to the midwife, getting checked, uh, heart rates checked, stuff like that. Um, everything was okay, they just said she was kind of in a weird position, and her heart rate was always fine, no big deal. Um, on May 6th, I woke up at 3 a.m. to contractions, I was um, one day away from being 37 weeks. And I didn't think much of it. I had contractions a lot with my um, older daughter for about four weeks. So I figured it was just early labor, you know, I'm gonna get up, I'm gonna go to work. So at 6 a.m., got up, took a shower, went to work. Um, about nine o'clock, my contractions started getting really close together. Uh, so I called my, my midwife. She told me, just go home and rest. She said, it's probably just Braxton Hicks, drink a lot of water. Um, let me know when you get home and let me know if anything changes. So I left work and I started to drive home and within about um, 30 minutes to my 40 minute drive, my contraction started every two minutes or more. I still don't know how I made it home uh, driving with contractions, but I got home. I called my husband and said, you need to come home now. This baby's coming. There's no way I'm going to be able to stop this. Um, We're about an hour from the hospital. so. I called my midwife and she said, uh, I don't think we're going to make it to you on time. Um, so I'm going to stay on the phone with you. I'm going to talk you through this. Uh, we'll be just fine. You know, the baby's fine. Everything's fine. Uh, so she told me to get up and get some towels, slam down on my bed, get one to wrap the baby in when it's born. So it'll stay warm. And about 20 minutes later, um, my baby was born and she was completely purple. Um, had passed away. Uh, it was obviously horribly traumatic. I had no idea that she wasn't alive. Uh, my husband had walked in about uh, two, three minutes later, and I'm just screaming that, 
you know, she's dead, she's dead. And uh, he called 911. And the next four hours consisted of paramed, uh, a midwife had shown up to help me. Um, so midwife showed up, then paramedics, fire department, police, then detectives, funeral home the county judge had to come to declare her death it was just four hours of craziness they wouldn't let me take um lena was my baby they wouldn't let me take lena to the hospital with me so i refused to go to the hospital because i didn't want to leave her um they wouldn't let me hold her because she was considered part of the crime scene oh. um just horribly tragic uh scarring just all of it together um so they uh took her for an autopsy because it was considered a homicide and did a whole ho homicide investigation um they found uh they ruled the coroner ruled it um unknown cause of death um but he did not autopsy my placenta and speaking to him he said it could have been a blood clot and um speaking to him again after that you know coronavirus is showing to cause a lot of blood clots so um if what we had was coronavirus unfortunately that's probably what caused her to pass away just this blood clot slowly caused her to lose oxygen and nutrients and um slowly caused her to pass away over the course of two months so and you were by yourself as well Shelby oh yes. how, how 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 you know how sad to I mean it's so brave that you know you're doing it you know you there's that adrenaline where right my baby's coming you know the midwife and the midwife was on the phone with you at the time you know telling you what to mm -hmm. do so in one sense you weren't alone you saw you had like a witness there who was asking yes. you what mm -hmm. to do. So for them to have police around and make it all, you know, heartless, it's just, it's just not called for. Um, the, the questions they asked, you know, I, oh. I knew they were doing their job, you know, they, they had to make sure nothing was done intentionally. And I 100% understand that, but, um, they had never seen anything like this before. We live in a really small community, mm. um, but, but you know, some of the questions that they asked, they asked me why I delivered on my bed and not on the toilet. Oh. Uh, they asked my husband if he abused me. You know, it, it was <laughs> just, shocking questions because, that they were asking. Yeah, I mean, and then obviously there's, there's the midwife on the phone who's trying to help you and she's probably hearing the fact that, you know, things haven't gone as well as you wanted. And then your partner walked in three minutes later and it's just careless, absolute carelessness. So in the end, did you have to go to the hospital without Lena? I did not. I refused to go. Mm. Um, the paramedic said I was fine. My midwife, um, that showed up helped me deliver my placenta mm. and you know they, they kept track of my vitals over the four hours that they were here mm. uh, the paramedics stayed the whole time mm. um and uh they gave me an iv of pain medication mm. and uh, and you know my vitals were all fine i wasn't bleeding or hemorrhaging or anything yeah. like that so so yeah they, they told me i didn't need to go and just for all them people to turn up and you know it's just sometimes it's it's, it's this it's a 
it's your privacy, you know what I mean? Sometimes you don't need Absolutely. a house full of strangers. We, you know, I was laying in my bed and I delivered her pretty much with obviously my legs wide open and they're all walking in my front door and that's the first thing you see when you walk in my front door is me just laying there with my legs wide open and yeah just, thankfully my brother-in-law lives behind me mm. and uh, he had seen all the police and everything and he come walking in the house and my husband told him to leave and he stood outside and told all the police officers they or all of the um firefighters they weren't allowed in my house there's no need for firefighters no no you know no i just there's enough stress going on we don't need to add and some people are just nosy as well some people are not interested in the seriousness of it they just want to know what's going on because they've got nothing else going on in their lives possibly Mm -hmm. i'm so sorry how many weeks were you then shelby i I was one day a bit away from being 37 so 37 weeks And you did go into the hospital with lack of movement at 32? Uh, a couple of times I went in um, mm. just to the midwife. They, you know, checked the heart rate, heart rate and all of that stuff. And, you know, her heart was always beating just fine. Mm. Um, mm. So it was really never caused a huge cause for concern. I wish now, you know, of course, after you look back on it, you wish you would have done a million things. But I wish now I would have, you know, pushed me for an ultrasound or or uh, something like that. I see but, ultrasound is where you can see the baby um yes. on the on the on the screen. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 100% and um I've noticed a lot of authorities that's the last thing they want to do if it's not necessarily needs right. doing. Um I actually got sent home from my ultrasound because they'd seen me the week before emergency. They'd sent me home and I lost my baby that two three days later. And I actually came to the hospital for my ultrasound my check mm-hmm. um i'm so sorry i'm so sorry i'm just taking a moment um after the four hours what happened with lena what did you so um the county judge came to rule her death um and he actually he's a very very nice man he actually married my husband and i oh. uh, exactly four years early four years and one week earlier so oh. Uh, he came to our house and he remembered us and mm. uh, told us about his son dying when his son was a baby and mm. he actually he started to get teary teary-eyed and he actually walked outside and excused himself and had come back in about 20 minutes later but um so he called the um local funeral home um to come pick her up mm. and um take her to the coroner's office in dallas mm-hmm. um so she was taken, um, it was on a Wednesday. Her autopsy was completed Friday, Saturday. And then she got sent back to the um, funeral home where she sat for six weeks while um, they couldn't figure out how to do her paperwork because they had never seen anything like this in the county. It was, you know, you you sit there and wait for them to call you and call you just waiting for you to be able to go pick up your baby you know and they couldn't even cremate her until they had all the paperwork done uh, so were you um, were you allowed well, to were you allowed to go and see her in that time they did offer us to um i refused just because i knew that they cut her up and all of that during the autopsy and i couldn't see her like that yeah 
this time. So, uh, yeah, we, we refused. They offered, um, they offered a lot of things. They offered us to be able to bring blankets or clothing to put her in, um, for her to be cremated in, um, stuffed animals. Um, they were, the funeral home was really great. Um, but yeah, they, they, they offered all of that. We just, we turned that down. I didn't mm-hmm. want that to be my last visual of mm-hmm. her being mm-hmm. cut up and yeah. stoned back together. How were the authorities with your aftercare, you know, after the, you know, that, you know, did they take bloods and check what the issue could have been and done tests? No, they did, they did not do anything on me. Um, of course they did on her. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they uh, took blood sample alcohol. I'm sure they did, um, mm-hmm. you know, toxicology reports on her make sure there was no drugs or, yeah. or alcohol in her system or anything like that that would mm-hmm. cause her death. Um, they did nothing for me. Right. I think with it being COVID and it was so early into the pandemic, everybody was on high alert and fear and nobody wanted that's, to... That's actually one thing they, um, when my cousin, or when my husband called um, 911, they kept asking him if anyone had COVID before they'd send anyone out. And he was like, my child just died, you know, come to my house. I, I'm not answering questions about COVID right now. Nah, just nah. send people here now. It's, 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 it's awful the amount of questions you have to, the red tape that you have to pass before you get a human speaking mm-hmm. to a human. Do you know what I mean? There might as well, well be robots on the phone because it's just yeah. as insensitive. Mm-hmm. How big was she, my darling? Um, how you know, like we you... don't, we don't, uh, we never got her weight mm-hmm. or um, or length or anything like that. Um, she was tiny. Okay. Um, there was definitely some nutrient deficiencies. Um, her legs didn't have hardly any any um, fat or muscle in them. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say she was probably four or five pounds. Yeah, it was. It was the, the, you know, the oxygen not getting to her um, uh, over a certain period of time, possibly. And yeah, and what really led me to um, also to that conclusion and, and talking with professionals about it is her ears weren't developed all the way, mm. which is kind of weird to me. Um, that's one thing that I really remember about her. Um, and I did a lot of research on that. And there's, there's, a couple causes for that one is genetic which you know that's not a possibility in our family um one is drugs um which also not a possibility in my family and the third one is a virus um and uh flu is the you know the main thing that they talk about if the mother develops a virus while pregnant the ears just seem not to develop um so that was one thing that made me really start questioning, you know, different, different people about, you know, what, what could really be the cause of this? And they're like, yeah, it, it totally makes sense. Yeah. We can't prove it because we were never actually tested, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, it, yeah, it, all the things together. Yeah. And definitely, you know, there were signs of the virus being in, in the country or, you know, in, in this area of, of the world well before, <clears throat> 2020 you know christmas time well before then you know there were i think they had some i know from speaking to people they were saying you know 
late late 2019 they were not feeling well you know the hospitals were mm -hmm. in flux with people there's no room for people etc etc so you didn't get much support so how have you since then Shelby managed to gather this strength and this you know getting out of bed obviously you've got another daughter isn't isn't it mm -hmm. yeah how was she for you after all this chaos so she was you know she she was she was about a year and a half old um a little over that um so she she's helped a lot i mean she's she brings us so much joy she's so happy all the time um you know it, it was a little confusing for her i went from having a huge stomach to no stomach and you know there's uh, she was actually at my in-laws' house. They just lived down the street uh, when all of it happened. Um, and I thought that I was going to go to the hospital. So I had my um, brother-in-law go get her and bring her down here so I could see her before I had left for the hospital. And she was so overwhelmed when she got here. She just cried and cried and cried. Um, so, um, Babies, you know, babies the, can sense that energy, you know. Oh, yeah. They can sense, they can sense things not, not right. Mm -hmm. And she, and, and she probably wasn't that happy at her grandma's as well. She probably sensed something then. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure she sensed a lot going on. You know, they knew what was going on up there, and I'm sure, um, you know, just the emotions from everyone. You know, she she definitely picked up on that. Um, but um, so the day after, um, my breast pump got delivered from um, the insurance and the box was sitting on the floor in the dining room and I was laying in bed that morning and she come pushing the box to me and um, it was just one of those things uh, my midwife had talked to me the day before about you know if I wanted to pump and donate milk and then her pushing that breast pump to me that next morning and I was like okay I'm doing it yeah. you know she's I feel like this is Lena pushing Rayleigh, which is my older daughter, to, mm. to you know, mom, why you should do this, you know? Yeah. So um, I, over three months, I pumped over 4,000 ounces oh, wow. that we were able to donate. Um, so, you know, a lot have, I've done a lot for um, kind of in honor of Lena. Um, so that was the first thing. Mm. We donated a lot of milk. Um, it's beautiful. Every month on uh, on the anniversary we celebrate. So I've tried, you know, it it's hard not to just be sad and and you know stay in bed, especially on the monthly anniversary. But um, we go out to dinner and we go have ice cream every month on the sixth. It is tradition, and it's really helped. Shelby, just one second, please. Uh huh. Sorry. Yeah, and um, when is the anniversary? Um, has, has it just been? May 6th. May, so oh, we got, we got okay. another month and a half. Okay, May 6th. Have you got anything planned for then? Yeah, so we are taking a road trip. Uh, we will be going to Florida mm -hmm. for a week. Um, we're going to leave uh, the Sunday before and come back the Saturday after and be home uh, Mother's Day is that following Sunday here uh, in the United States. So uh, we're going to go and then be back for Mother's Day. 
Um, but yeah, we're just gonna jump in the car and go. We don't really Good. have anything planned. Uh, just, I can't, I don't want to be home. Yeah, um, yeah. It, so. it could be like a little family road trip and where, you know, yeah, that's it. Just you, mm-hmm. your family and Lena too. She's with you as well. And she's gonna just do and, and have some space. Yeah, mm-hmm. because in one sense as well, you don't want everybody to, you know, come and visit and, you know, remind you of the situation when you know that's that's what's happened and you're, it's the anniversary but literally being in a space where you know you can honor her you can speak to her you can write to her you can mm-hmm. make memories with your first daughter's name is Rayleigh Rayleigh yeah mm-hmm. you can yeah with Rayleigh and I'm sure Rayleigh was oh, has obviously forgotten about the situation because she's, she's so little at the time mm-hmm. um but that's really really nice to hear it's really nice to hear. Um, have you had um, any obstacles that you had to overcome yourself personally? Um, I haven't quite overcome them yet. Um, yeah. The yep. dream. Mm-hmm. The dreams are horrible. Um, oh. I actually just talked to my husband a couple nights ago. I, I not really wanted to do therapy because mm. um, I didn't really think that I absolutely needed it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm at the point now where I just have to. Um, the the nightmares on a regular basis are just too much. Yeah. Um. 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 I'm assuming because it happened at home. Obviously, that's another reason why. And obviously, on your bed, and that's another mm-hmm. reason why it brings. You know, it's probably keeping you reminded. Um, yes. But yeah, it's very, very early, my darling. And I'm so, so proud of you for even, you know, accepting my request of, you know, speaking on the show. It's it's really, really, and, and it's in honour of your darling, Lena, as well. Yeah, I mean, what you possibly might be an option is, maybe if it helps, is look at possibly, you know, in your bedroom, just rearranging the furniture you know giving the walls a bit of a spruce you know what would Lena like what would her favorite color be and put that on the wall and you know um change things up a little and it's like it's like it is it is her angelversary so you know you could kind of you know refresh it to make it more heavenly like for her Mm -hmm. where she is and I'm not obviously sure if that will impact any of your dreams but yeah it is a process and time is massive time is a massive massive factor yeah I really really I really obviously I can't understand because you what you went through was heightened like tenfold because you were by yourself and you know you had the midwife on the phone I will, you know, generally a lot happens in hospitals and you're, it's more clinical setting and then you get to leave that behind and shut the door and you come home to your sanctuary. But, you know, you're getting there and, you know, you've got your gorgeous daughter and your partner to make you realise that, you know, you're still a home, you're still a family and Lena's still with you all the way. Absolutely. All the way. Yeah, that's beautiful. Did you have to go back to work at any time or...? soon or anything I, like I was already planning on not going back after she was born um so I offered to go back just because I went out early I was in the middle of a project um that I still had about two weeks of work left on um 
So I did offer to go back and finish my project and they just told me no. So, um, so yeah, I never went back. Um, yeah. Sometimes it might, might have been for the best. might have been for, oh, yeah, the, for the best. Absolutely. 100%. I just, um, I didn't really want to go back, but you know, I didn't want to leave my coworkers hanging. I didn't yeah. want to leave them, you know, yeah. in a bad spot with my project that they knew nothing about, but I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure if, if they had picked anything up from you through osmosis and with what you've been through, I'm sure they probably whipped it up like that and thought, oh, yeah. no more stress. They made it work. Yeah, no more stress for Shelby because that's the last thing we want for her. You know, you've had enough on your plate. So Shelby, if you, if, 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 if there's a mum at the moment who's concerned and maybe has had you know, niggles and illnesses through her pregnancy or is living in somewhere quite remote that's difficult to get to, what would you advise for somebody who is worried or has had a previous loss and is worried this time round? What would you advise them to do just to be more alert? Uh, just follow your gut. I wish I would have followed mine. I wish I would have listened to my body and known that something really was wrong. Um, you know, the whole pregnancy, my husband and I talk about this a lot, the whole pro pregnancy, something just didn't feel right. And it's just weird. Um, we talked many times about, we didn't feel the same connection that pregnancy that we did um, with Rayleigh. And, and we had a loss before Rayleigh as well. We had an 11 week miscarriage before oh, Rayleigh. Really sorry. Um, so, you know, those, those two babies, we felt a connection to, and this one, I don't want to say we didn't feel a connection. I mean, obviously it, it was our child and, you know, we loved our child dearly, but it just wasn't the same. It, you know, we, we look at it like maybe God was preparing us for this, um, which is just a weird thing to even ever think about, you know, being prepared to lose your child. but. I just wish I would have followed my gut more. You know, I, I knew something was not right. Um, I knew she wasn't move me, moving like Rayleigh did. And I just kind of assumed that, you know, her heart rate's fine, so she's fine, you know? That, and that's not, that's not the truth. That's not something that, you know, as a pregnant mom, you should ever be, you should never settle with that. You, you need to push, you need to advocate for your child. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. For that ultrasound, you know, that extra mile. Yeah. yeah, I could I could say the same thing. And I mean, I definitely find that you've touched on a bit of faith there and you've mentioned God and mm -hmm. I had to do a lot of soul searching after mine. And what helped me was to know that, you know, God tests people and he tests the most righteous. And, you know, he tests, he never gives you more than you can handle mm -hmm. and you know you want to be grateful but then you don't want to at the same time um but you know it it definitely it definitely does test your strength of character um yeah you know you've you've probably proven to be an even stronger human being for your for your daughter that you have now um yeah, and I did the same thing. I was just too complacent with the authorities. I was like, yeah, they've got me looked after. I know what they do. They know what they're doing. I'm not going to question anything. You know, 
it's, you know, I, I kept seeing myself as being this good citizen who didn't cause a fuss when she went to a, an appointment. You know, I knew my English, I knew how to read, blah, blah, blah. They're the experts. But they kept passing me on to random doctors and newly qualified doctors who were literally giving me codeine and sending me home and saying, no, you'll be fine, and sending me on. Every time I went for an appointment, it was somebody new I didn't recognise. One time it broke my heart because they double booked me and I was waiting in the waiting room for over two hours and then I had to go home because they double booked me. And, it, and I'm really heavily pregnant and the last thing a pregnant woman wants to do is get sent home after a two hour wait of nothing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's little things like that. There's always red flags that you have to look out for and literally cause a fuss and because it's not good enough. And for myself as well, I, you, what you say is quite interesting because, yeah, there was a lot of stress in my pregnancy. I was moving house, I was commuting to work, I was doing nursery runs, kindergarten, and I was worn out and, you know, I just wish I took the time and thought, no, you know, house, the decorating can wait, you know, the garden builders coming in can wait but no I was one of those nesting period mums who just wanted to get ready for the baby to come it was yeah. the same way you know we were work was stressful for me and my husband and then you know COVID hit and then everything else just became 10 times more stressful you know we were both considered essential workers and <sighs> you know you're stressed about getting sick and you know it's just all of it together yeah. you know it's just yeah. you don't you don't get to enjoy it you don't get to even really think that anything is wrong because you're just so focused on everything else going on and I think that you know if I could go back I would I would advocate so much more yeah. and I think that's so important I think you know the reason why stillbirth is so high is because people just don't advocate enough people don't know you know you know you go you go so long without feeling your baby move that's an emergency it is and it needs to be treated like one but you go to the hospital and they're like oh you're fine you know no make sure make sure i'm fine yeah yeah i'll tell you on the phone you're you're fine bring back in an hour <laughs> yeah no yeah. um that, that's there's a reason for stillbirths being as high as they yeah. are and it's unacceptable and what we need to understand is you know we are miracles being pregnant is a miracle having that miracle in your stomach is you know the, the biggest the the most human innovation in the world like you know nobody can create that other than you know the creator that we have and sometimes we're so busy with life we don't acknowledge how grateful we should be with our bodies and and maybe being more intuitive as well rather than having a timetable of nine to five and telling, being told what to do and how to live life rather than go, no, you know, I think I need to be more in tune with my body, with my life and my surroundings as well, my environment. Um, Absolutely. But yeah, that's really, really good advice. And um, I know being, you know, in this century and women are just as, you know, hard working as men and there's no difference. We just want to be like testosterone led and do everything. You know, we want to do everything. We want to be able to 
clean the house we want to be able to do the job we want to be able to pay the bills we want to be able to do the grocery be heavily pregnant and carry all those heavy bags no we don't have to because when we're growing a human in our stomach we need to put that first and that fear that anxiety has to be reduced dramatically because that's when we do let you know viruses in and, and illnesses and problems into our life and um yeah some of us have to learn the hard way don't we Shelby Absolutely. but you're so you're so amazing I mean I mean within I I mean I was still a walking zombie in in within the the time you are now I was still I mean I actually did get pregnant six months later but that was after I'd stopped trying I gave mm-hmm. up trying because I was not honoring my baby and my baby's loss and I wanted to get closure um so I suppose that made me feel a bit more grateful and but I still was struggling I was still struggling and it's good that you've acknowledged that that you want to get support you want to get help and I think that's half the process you're halfway there of realizing that yes we do need that support and maybe even see if the partner would like support too because looking at these um stillbirth strength after stillbirth podcasts a lot of men have been tuning in the statistics a lot of men have been listening to my show and I'm really really surprised with that mm, because I'm sure they don't know the questions to ask but they want to listen and see mm-hmm. what it is and what is it that your partner did really well for you or you could have done for him is there anything He's been amazing. I mean, he he supports me with everything. I I do a lot of. I don't even touch on half the stuff I do for Lena. But uh, you know, I'm I'm sewing. Um, I started a little, just a little tiny business called Lena's Linens, uh, where I'm selling handmade uh, dresses for little girls, and all the profits are going to um, to uh, fabric and things that are needed for making robes and clothing for other stillborn babies in the hospital since I didn't get to dress Lena. Um, so I don't, I don't want a baby to ever not have clothes. Um, so he's supported that 100%, um, you know, just emotional support. He's just been amazing. 100%. Um, I think, you know, men definitely grieve different. Um, you know, I, I think that was probably the hardest thing for him after Lena passed away is, you know, guys don't talk about that kind of stuff. He didn't have anyone to talk to, Um, you know, where I had, you know, my family, my friends, everyone calling me all the time. And, you know, he'd walk into a store and they'd be like, how are you today? And he's just like, you know, what do you say to that? Um, So, you know, he, but he, the support that he gave me is just, there's no describing that there's no amount of thanks that I could ever give him I think he is the reason that I'm able to even function him and our daughter you know I I would not be able to function if it wasn't for the love and support that I have here at home that's beautiful do do um let me know the 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 link to your your little business so then we can add it to the um the comments when we post um 
Um, what is it? Do you want to mention it here? I'll, if you. It's Lena's Linens. I'm taking kind of a break right now. I'm, I'm finishing yeah. up Easter, mm. and then um, after Easter, it'll be just full on robes and oh. and making all of that because I want to have the donations for her birthday. Oh. Um, so yeah. the next two months is just just that. Um, but I can send you our Facebook page, um, and then I'll open stuff probably back up in the summertime. Oh, that's beautiful. That'll be that'll be really nice. I'm sure a lot of listeners and then the groups that we're mutually in would love to see what you make and create. Um, I know we're in that situation where we don't want to have to do this stuff, but if we don't, Shelby, who is? Do right. you know what I mean? Yeah, and that's what's beautiful about this community is that we want to build on it, we want to empower each other, and we want to share and help each other still heal in the healing process. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm so honoured for you coming on the show today, Shelby, and I'm really, really Thank pleased to discuss Lena. Um, and I'm happy to know that you're going to go forward and get some help um, in, in each of the way you can find. And um, big kisses to your little baby girl when you do Thanks. see her. And like I say to all my ladies, um, this is the beginning, so this is the start of a community, this is the start of a friendship and you know, we might touch base again in a couple of years time, you never know, we might chat again on the podcast and you know, you might be this different Shelby, you know, and it might be even good for you to see this video again and think, think, oh wow, this is, this was a part of my journey I went through and look where I am now and you know, it is, it is a process and you're doing amazing Shelby, I'm so proud of you and I'm sure everybody who loves you is too. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you so much. I wish you all the best and let's keep in touch and okay. keep this community growing. And I can't wait to share your business with all the all the groups and all the ladies in Thank you. Strength After Stillbirth. Have a lovely day, Shelby. Thank you, you too. Take care.